welcome to another episode of Dr. Me First. I'm your colleague in medicine and coach in life, Dr. Freaking Aaron Wiseman, and I am just pumped to have this podcast out in the world to help those who are out there that are going through burnout, brokenness, and despair, to fill your life with a little sass and show you that you can have a joy-filled life, you can have sustainable work that you freaking love. So welcome to the Dr. Me First podcast. Today is one of my favorites with favorites podcasts. I haven't had one in quite a while, but I'm super excited to have Jacqueline Fletcher with me today. Though she is not a physician, she has done a lot of healing work in healthcare, and I am just so pumped to have her on the podcast. We're going to talk about our favorite books, which you know that gets me like all orgasmic and excited. And we're also going to talk about what she's doing with her Heartwood Project, which I think is amazing. I mean, anytime that you you can put wellness and CMEs together and the comfort of your home in your yoga pants. I don't know how it could get any better. But before we jump into our conversation, we have a sponsor. How exciting. Dr. Devin Gumble. She is episodes 139 and 140. You know, I should get like sashes, like uh, beauty pageants and send people their episode numbers. I got to make a note of that. But anyway, Miss Episode 139 and 140 wanted to put a plug in and a sponsorship on the Dr. Me First podcast. So thank you so much, Devin. And she wants to tell all of you out there listening and giving a shout out of encouragement to all the women physicians out there working tirelessly for your patients. Thank you. Your work is necessary. Your work is invaluable and you are appreciated. Thank you so much for everything you've sacrificed and continue to sacrifice to show up and care for the sick and the injured. Every single one of you is necessary and special. That's quite a kick of encouragement. Oh my gosh, a shout out. Thank you, Miss Episode 139 and 140, Dr. Devin Gumbel, who... If you haven't checked out those episodes, they're amazing episodes about being stuck and how to get unstuck. So I'd encourage you to listen back to those and then talk to Devin. She's amazing. She's totally awesome. She's a friend here in the Midwest to me. And I would just love, love, love for you to be in her circle as well. All right. Well, let's get into this favorites for favorites episode and then stick around afterwards for a brief kick of encouragement. Okay, here we go. Welcome to the podcast, a favorites episode, Miss Jacqueline Fletcher. I am so excited to have you on here. I am so excited to be here. You're one of my favorite people. So this is perfect that we're, it's the favorites episode. That's right. I love this favorite series where we talk about our favorite things with my favorite people and tell the people out in podcasting world who you are, what you're doing in the world and how we connected. Yeah. So, uh, my name is Jacqueline Fletcher Johnson, and I um, am not a doctor, but I play one on TV. <laughs> and so uh, I started work, gosh, in healthcare about 10 years ago with Mayo Clinic. I helped them start their creative writing at the bedside program in Rochester, Minnesota. They have a really beautiful, um, it's called the Dolores Jean Lavin Center for Humanities and Medicine that um, does arts programming within the hospital. 
And so I had this just incredible experience working directly one-on-one -on -one with patients. And then they came to me a, a few years into the program and said, what else can we do? Uh, and so they have a, just a massive internal production facility and closed circuit TV and all of their hospital rooms. And so I pitched them a TV show uh, called Healing Words that was very specifically focused on using writing as a healing tool. Uh, and that goes into patient rooms on all three of their big campuses. Um, and then that work just really started to blossom out uh, and in multiple ways. Um, because I started life as a writer, but I uh, was always very deeply personally interested in what makes humans the most vital and vibrant and whole and healthy. Uh, and so the work really started to blossom into a more broad uh, perspective and not just using writing as a healing tool, but really looking at all of the things that make us um, resilient and whole and wonderful. And so I started working with medical students in their uh, medical school at Mayo and then uh, that blossomed out to work with nursing staff and clinical staff of all kinds, um, physicians, of course, um, and then administrative staff, uh, anybody who was really stressed out, basically. <laughs> um, and so then I created the Heartwood Self Mastery Program, uh, which I have uh, run about 50 chief medical officers through all across the country uh, in a big pilot that we did about a year ago. Um, and it was fantastic. And so now the work I do is, um, I mean, I guess people put me in kind of the mindfulness teacher bucket, but it is much broader than that, of course. It's really about how do you master yourself? So that's yeah. me in a nutshell. And I love it because we've had such an intersection. You know, you say you're not a doctor, but you definitely are a healer and you take care of doctors. And so I just appreciate that so much about you. And a former podcast guest, Dr. Julia LaRocca, she is the one that was like, you need to meet each other. And yes. I just appreciate her so much because we have really just had such a great friendship just because of one connecting email. And it's so amazing how the smallest things can blossom into like the best flowers. Oh, I completely agree. And I just love that we can find each other, you know, with all the beautiful technology that we've got now that we don't have to live in the same place, but we can find our kindred spirits. And it's just been so delightful to get to know you. And I love it. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> so we're going to talk about our favorite books. One, because you are everything literature and writing and publishing and all the stuff. And me, because I'm just a book dragon and I love to read. So give me your first one. What's your first favorite book? Okay, well, this first of all, this is one of the hardest questions anyone can ever ask me. So there's that. Because I absolutely love, love, love to read. So I'm so glad we're doing this. And I would say that on the top of my list right now is a book called Self Compassion by Kristen Neff. Yes! Uh, it's on my bookshelf yes. right here. It is. Oh, it's awesome. It's so fantastic. She is a researcher. Um, I think she's at the University of Texas at Austin. Yeah, she's with Brene Brown. And They're in the same yes. department. That's right. Yes, they are. Um, and her work is so beautiful. And so I've been practicing yoga, you know, for 20 years. And this idea of self-compassion was really kind of based in mindfulness traditions. Um, and she started researching it. And it's beautiful. So she's, she's really done some some gorgeous evidence-based work around what is it about self-compassion that is so 
um, healing that's, I guess, not even healing. What is it about it that is motivating? Because it's really fascinating to look at how it really helps people when most people think like, oh, self-compassion, that's self-pity, that's self-indulgence, that's weakness. Um, but actually, the people who are deeply self-compassionate with themselves are rocking it. I And I so, love in her book how she describes not just like the research side and not just the woo-woo side, but also like the practical application of it. And there's an accompanying yeah. workbook with it. I don't know if you've done the workbook or not. I have, no, it's on I my haven't. to buy list on my Amazon, like, you know, save stuff. But I, yeah. I know a couple others who like us love this book and they really got a lot out of the workbook side too. Oh. So I would highly recommend it because it's, it feels, it resonates with me. Cause like you said, it's a lot of evidence-based. She's done a lot of research. She's a psychologist. So like, she's got that rooting that I feel like we have, but then she also brings in her experience of when she found Buddhism and how that mm -hmm. changed her life. Well, one of my favorite books in the realm of, I guess we would call personal development or maybe one that like fundamentally changed my life after reading it. Cause I specifically remember starting the first couple chapters of this book and being like, if I continue in this, I will not be the same. Like I remember having that moment Whoa. and I actually put the book aside and then like picked it back up like a couple of days later, which is not usual for me. Usually I like to get like all the way through it. But I remember having that laying in my bed, reading it. Like if I keep reading this, this is going to change me. And it was, you are a badass. How to stop doubting your greatness and start living an awesome life by Jen Sincero. That is, that's a great book. That is a fantastic book. I love it. it and I it love that. It really did. Yeah. It really like. I think I read it the end uh, or the beginning of 2014. And I just, yeah. I really remarkably remember we had just bought our new home. I was in our bedroom that we had just set up and I was like, this is going to change things for me. I don't know why, but it was just so funny. And she just curses like a sailor and the story she has in there. Gosh, I, one day I'm going to meet her and I'm going to tell her how much her book changed my life. Oh, that's awesome. So what were some of the first ways that changed your life? What, I mean, what, when you track back, what did it, what did it do? In reading it, like she's a total life coach in it as well. And, and I mean, that's why I'm so drawn to this profession. And I just was like underlining every single thing. And, and she was talking about her life. And I, even though she wasn't in medicine, like just the parallels in it and, and just her words of like, it's okay. It's okay to be where you're at, but this is not where you're staying. Like she talks about how she was in like renting somebody's like garage that she was staying in. And, and she was and like 40, she, wasn't she? Yes. She was in her 40s. Yeah. And that was the other yeah. thing too about her story. Cause at the time, I think I, I had just gotten through med school. So I just turned 30 and I felt like it was too late. I felt like I was too late to change things. And then I was reading her story about, she was like in her forties and living in a garage. And I was like, okay, I'm doing better than this. I'm okay. <laughs> I still have time. <laughs> but just the you story are all we right. tell ourselves that we, we trap right. ourselves in. Like, you know, oh, I can't change. Or I, I felt like I was too far in my career. Or I'm, I'm too old. Or I've got too many kids. Or, you know, all the stuff. And she really walks through that. And the first part of the book really talks about like embracing your badassery. I have always yeah. been a badass, but somewhere along the way, 
it it got muted and and then it was like reading that book was unpausing was like turning my volume back on again oh i love it you know that's like that's the power of of literature that's the power of the written word and the spoken word i mean she's amazing she, did you read her one about um how to be a badass with money yep the green one so the yeah. yellow one is the one i'm talking about and then she has a green one yeah. and then she has another one that's coming out very very oh, soon does she? oh yeah. we'll have to check that out yeah yeah, I'm kind of a cult religious follower of hers, not going to lie, but you know, we have to have those yeah. people in our life. Oh, so she's amazing. Okay, give me another one of your favorite books. Well, I'm going to go on the theme that you started, which is one that changed my life. Um, and so this is one, her name is Sharon Salzberg, and she is a mindfulness teacher. She specifically teaches about loving kindness meditation. And she started the um, Insight Society in Barr, Massachusetts, which is um, where you can go and actually do like silent meditation retreats for like three months. Wow. <laughs> um, yeah, it's pretty intense. And uh, she wrote a book called Faith. And it is about how you develop faith in your own inner voice. And she tells this story in there. So she's, this is her most vulnerable book. She's written many, many, many books. And she said that this was the hardest one for her to write because in her other books, she was really being a teacher uh, and not really revealing very much of herself. And in this book, she was so vulnerable about some really traumatic things that happened to her as a child. And so she talks about this experience that she had where her mother died um, and uh, some struggles she had, you know, with her father and all of this stuff. And, and she had gone to India when she was in her very early 20s. I think she was maybe like 20 or 21. And she met, you know, she was on this kind of trek with a bunch of the, the teachers now who have really brought mindfulness to the United States. And so was, you know, learning alongside John Kabat-Zinn uh, and some of these really big teachers of mindfulness. Um, and so she, on this trip over there, she met a woman who taught her the loving kindness work. And before she left, you know, she, this woman who, and I, I'm not going to remember her name, but the woman that was teaching her had lost her husband, had lost two of her children to some kind of a, a sickness that had blasted through this little town where she was living and, you know, had been through hell. And she was still this, you know, kind of deeply connected to her heart. And so Sharon was just in awe of this woman. And so she tells this story of this woman saying, you know, you, Sharon, um, need to go back to the United States and take this with you and teach people. You need to teach people about loving kindness meditation and compassion meditations and the power that they have. And Sharon said, I, I'm not qualified. I can't do that. Like I'm 20, 21 years old. Like I cannot do that. I'm not qualified. And her teacher said, you have been through hell and you have decided you have chosen to return to your heart. Anyway, you are qualified. And I was like, I mean, chills, tears. And so I really, in that moment, I was, any fear that I had about using my own voice as a teacher just totally dissipated. Um, Cause I grew up a really shy kid. You know, I was morbidly obese as a kid and I was bullied as a kid and I was so shy. And so it took me a long time to kind of step out onto the stage 
you know, and now I speak all the time in front of groups and I have a podcast, you know, and all of that stuff. But it took me years to kind of work through all of that to a place where, and that was kind of the final moment for me where I was like, no, 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 no. All of this stuff that I went through is actually the reason I'm supposed to get on the stage. That makes me qualified. And that was a game changer for me. Yeah, it's a beautiful mm-hmm. book. Okay, I have to read it. I haven't read that oh, one. It's, it's going to go on my list. Yeah. And if anybody's listening out there in podcasting world and is like, I'm driving right now, I can't write these down, but I want to, just keep driving. They're all going to be in the show notes with the titles and authors. So you can go check them out and then you can get on Amazon or wherever you buy books and get them all and get them all read and let us know what you thought of them. So don't crash. I'll take care of you. I promise. All right, going along the same lines, this is a good thread. I like this where it's going, books that have changed our lives. Um, so one, it mine is fantasy, fantasy fiction book that I started, um, I think I was like five, four or five months pregnant with my youngest. So she's three, so it been four years ago, but I found this author. Her name's Sarah Moss, M-A-A-S. And the first book in the series is called Throne of Glass. Holy shit balls. It. I, I love fantasy fiction. Anybody who follows me knows that I like getting out of this world and getting into the world with like magic and dragons and kick-ass girls who like are warriors. So this book is exactly this. And this author, her storytelling, uh, just as I'm sitting here, I'm like, I want to start reading this series. Oh, over I've awesome. probably read this series once every year. Like, I love it that much. But it is about, um, so it's a female lead character. Um, and you you get to see, like, her hell and back again story. And, like, all through the series, it's, like, ebbs and flows and ebbs and flows and just keeps going back and forth. And so if you are a fantasy person, if you like strong female characters with magic, you need to check out throne of glass and I think there's like seven of them anyway they're just all so good I apologize ahead of time when you stay up late um, not sleeping because you're so into these books but it was a game changer for me because what it was at that point is I was kind of in a reading slump and I was like there's just not any like my genre of books right now like I kind of reread all the books that I loved as a child so uh, the Alana series by um Tamora Pierce was like a fundamental book for my like girlhood like see I love those books (laughs) yes and I reread them and they're totally from like the 80s and so they're you know like just and you can tell Tamora was like new in her writing because it was her first series and I I've recently you know through this gone back and I've reread that series over and over again but like that was that series when I was a little girl was just like oh girls can take names and kick ass like that's what that empowered me to be and this series throwing a glass reminded me in my adulthood like oh no women can take names and kick ass and so it was just yeah. another one of those that comes in. And so like when I'm down or I feel defeated or like life is too hard or I'm just ready like to escape and like I just need to go into like an imaginary literary world, this is the series I go to. Okay. I am definitely picking that up. Yeah. That yeah. sounds amazing. I remember there was one that Sharon Shin wrote that was probably from the 80s. That was another series that I remember loving back then. But of course, I... I've I read so many books that one like I remember that I loved it but I 
And it was about like these cool angel creature things. Mm -hmm. uh, but that's all I remember. So another one from there. like back in the eighties <laughs> is like um, Robin McKinley. I don't know if you remember her. Oh, books. Yeah. Yeah. Those were kind yeah. of big back then as well. And I, I recently started rereading a couple of hers and I was like, Oh, I do kind of like these. Or what's the, is it Mallory Mercedes? She's another one that oh, yeah. was kind of back there. One of those, there's a bunch of good like female writers that were coming out and doing like sci-fi and fantasy, whereas that had always been like the boys realm. And like these That's were right. pivotal offers who came out and were like, oh no, we're not leaving it to the boys no more. Did you ever read um, The Sparrow? Yes. Oh. And then Children of God, the second Children one. Children of God is a good one too. Yeah. Okay. okay so yeah, I'll those are some pivotal ones notes. from early days. Yeah. Um, you know, that's so funny because I am reading, I just, I haven't read very many novels this year. I've been on this big nonfiction kick, but I read a novel recently that just, and it happens so rarely for me where I, I have, I just can't literally put it down. And so I read this book in about a day and a half Nice. and I burst into tears. I got pissed. Like it was incredible. So um, this is a book. You that's know, actually, when you laugh or cry, it's a good book. It, like oh, that's how, that's my judge when I do my good reads. Like if I laugh and cry, it's a five star. It's absolutely. Just, yeah. hundred percent, hundred percent. So this one is a five star um, and it's actually by a woman that I know. So she lives here in Minneapolis. Her name is Sheila O'Connor and I interviewed her for my podcast. So that's going to be coming out hopefully in the next like month or so. But um, she wrote this book called The Evidence of V, as in Victor, The Evidence of V. And it is a book that is, she calls it, it's told in um, fragments because she had this mystery in her own family about her maternal grandmother, where they knew that she had been in a facility in Minnesota for young women. Mm. And this is in the 1930s. And she knew that her mother didn't, didn't know anything about it, but there was like this huge family secret. And when she was about 12, she found out from her mother that, she, um, that, that the woman that she thought was her mother's mother was not. And so in, toward, the late, toward the later part, but her mother had told her, keep this a secret. You can't tell anyone. And so Sheila you know, has written many books actually for kids um, and this one's for adults. And so they went to the courts because they found out that this place when, where her grandmother was put, they had sealed the records for 100 years, Whoa. which you, you know, something's going on. Going they, down. Right. They're doing like lobotomies and like bad shit. They're doing bad shit. Yeah. So, so basically what happened is they, they got the courts to unseal the records about her grandmother. And there were just fragments that they found. But what they found was that this was a facility where women who were basically um, uh, uh, were pregnant were put. And so they were sent away to this home to have their babies. And they found the records that there were girls as young as nine who were supposedly debauched. And it, you know, they were blaming these girls. Uh, and so her grandmother was 15 when she was sent away for six years by the law uh, to be in this basically workhouse. Um, and so what would happen is, you know, the girls have their babies there and then 
they t- you know, they're forced to breastfeed the babies for the first three months of their life. Of course, most of them want to, but then the babies are taken from them forcibly at three months and given out for adoption. So it's trauma after trauma after trauma after trauma. So she didn't know really anything about her grandmother's life other than these very small little clues that were in the court documents. And she knew that her grandmother had, uh, her, had committed suicide. And so she basically uh, wrote a tale, you know, imagined through fiction the story of her grandmother. And then she inputs little segments with her own point of view or her mother's point of view. And it is a stunning piece of work. It is a masterpiece. It is just, and it makes you furious and heartbroken and hopeful. And I mean, it's just, it's a masterpiece. So that's my, that's the book. That's the, that's the novel of the year for me. Novel of the year, 2019 novel of the year. 2019. Okay. 2019. You haven't found 2020 yet. I have not, but I look forward to finding it. (laughs) Well, and I love it too, that you know the author so well also, you know, I think that that makes it important too, um, especially with that type of story that, you know, and I almost feel like she's probably trying to heal some traumatic lines that are coming through the family because of that awfulness. Absolutely. I mean, the power of story is just, it's so healing, you know, and just kind of, even though they don't, they will never know the truth. This is a truth that is so compelling that, you know, she's going around right now and doing readings of the book and book clubs in women's prisons. um, Because it just, she really shows you how, you know, if a woman is raped and put on a path that there's so many things that like, it's almost like the snowball of, you know, things that start happening. Well, it's like trauma Um, begets trauma begets trauma. Exactly. 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 And so she's going into prisons right now and women are just like, this is what happened to me. This is what happened to me. And so just the healing power of story, the healing power of sharing our stories like this with other humans, it is, I think one of the most powerful tools we have as a, as a species, you know, to really, um, help each other evolve and heal and grow. And so, yes, Sheila is amazing. And she's really doing, talk about a healer. She's, she's doing yeah. healing work. Yeah. Well, and that's really your life's work too, is, yeah. um, is, is helping people share their stories or it's also yeah. on your publishing side, helping people who want to share their stories out into the world. So I know about it, but share with our audience a little bit more about what you're doing in this current stage of life. So yeah, thank you. So right now, I would say, you know, if you just want to get to know me better, um, you can definitely listen to my podcast at Heart. It's the Heartwood Treehouse podcast. So we can play in the treehouse, um, where I both uh, offer all sorts of self mastery techniques, um, and also have a segment where I ask people to tell their stories of return is what I'm calling them. Uh, whether that's a return to your feet, to your heart, to your intention, to your purpose. Uh, it means so many different things to different people. So we've had some fun conversations so far. Uh, and then the thing I'm really excited about right now is that um, I built the Heartwood Self Mastery Program as a digital course, an online course, uh, because I have people asking, you know, who I just can't get to them physically. And this is, you know, it's a really robust course. I teamed up with the Minnesota Medical Association 
uh, to offer CMEs. Whoop, CMEs, and it's a lot of them. Uh, oh my gosh, it's fifteen point seven five. It's a huge program, um, and it and it's their you know AMA PRA category one credits, and uh, it falls in the ethics buckets. I know some states need ethics, um, but it also is in other buckets as well. But um, it's it is a robust program that's really about all of the foundational principles of what makes us vibrant, healthy, and whole. Um, and of course, mindfulness is one of those pillars. Uh, and so is, you know, we talk a lot about um, emotional uh, resiliency and emotional agility and literacy. Um, we talk about self-expression. Um, and so th there's a lot of evidence-based research in there as well. But I, this course is really personal to me, um, you know, because I mentioned earlier, you know, I, I grew up a really overweight kid. And um, in my 20s, I lost 100 pounds that um, I've now kept off for 20 years. And as part of that journey, um, I really became obsessed about how do we be healthy and whole. And that work is in the self-mastery program. So people always ask me like, well, how did you lose 100 pounds? And this course is how I did it. It's, yeah. I've lived everything that I put into this course. Um, so I'm super excited about it. And, and it's also too with your work that you've done with healthcare workers, with doctors, with CMOs. Yeah. Because we've had lots of conversations about that, that, that yeah. what we're lacking in healthcare is not so much the knowledge base side, but it's just the humanistic reflection of self. And so if there are audience members out there listening who are like, ah, this kind of sounds good, tell them like by being a part of this course, what will their results, what will their, their end reflections be? You know, that's a super great question. And there are a couple of, I, I actually went to some of the physicians that have taken the course to ask them that very question. And there were a couple that really, really struck me. Um, so one, you know, actually there are three, let me tell you this, there's three. So one of the women said, you know what, the first time that, you know, you know in our first session, I was like, oh my gosh, cause she, you know, this was part of a physician leadership program. She had to take it. She's like, oh my gosh, why am I here? There are so many other things I could be doing right now. And as you know, there's kind of a, a little bit of a backlash toward well-being and mindfulness programming um, right now with among physicians for understandable reasons. And so, you know, a lot of the physicians were very resistant to take the course, but they had to. Uh, and it was really interesting. And so she said, you know, by the end of the course, we were smart enough to realize that actually what you taught us was the most important thing we learned in the program. And so that was really beautiful. Another woman said that um, she had spent her life uh, and you know, all through medical school basically developing the external rings of herself, you know, the professional self, the doctor self, the, all of her roles, the mother self, uh, the wife self, the friend self, um, but that she had not spent any time on her inner core. And that was really where I focus my work is what you know, because if you think about a tree, you know, the reason I call the program in my company Heartwood is because the oak tree has this wood at the center of the tree that is so strong that barring an act of God, it will not fall. But if that heartwood is sick, if it is ill, if it rots out, you know, I was on a walk the other day in the forest. And I was like, oh my gosh, there is a tree. And I took a picture of it that had fallen where the center was rotted out. It wasn't strong. And that's what happens to us, right? If we have strong heartwood, 
we can withstand so many things and we can be vibrant and we can wave our branches and do all the things we need to do. But if we are not, we fall. And so for her, she, it was the first time in her life that she had asked herself this question, like, wait a minute, what do I need? What do I want? What makes me happy? What makes me whole? Um, instead of serving, serving, serving everyone else around her. So that was really, I just, she brought me to tears, you know, when she was talking about this. Um, and then I would say there was another woman who um, came to the course where she was very, very stressed out, you know, at work. It was a particularly stressed out time for her. Um, and uh, lots of changes happening. And, you know, you kind of feel like you're on shifting sand. And she said that for her, you know, because it is so experiential, uh, the work that I do, like I get people in their bodies constantly, um, that for her, that was really compelling and powerful because she so lived in her head so much, um, but that she actually took the language that we used, she took the experiences that we did together um, into her workplace. And so was using them with her team. Um, she's able to kind of use the the language that I used so that she could talk about it in a way that made sense to her team um, and wasn't too like, you know, woo woo or too like, yeah, um, it was accessible. It was evidence-based, uh, you know, and so that's, I guess those are some of the things I've heard that physicians have gotten out of the program. Um, I get a lot of people uh, in tears <laughs> um, because, you know, they're, they're getting permission. I write them a a prescription for uh, deep nourishing self-care um, and so that's you know in my view the reason that this is actually in an ethical category is because you know most of the caregivers I know including myself to be honest uh, aren't great at taking care of themselves and put themselves last on the list and think that you know self-care is selfish or self-indulgent or weak and it turns out that self-care is actually this critical, critical piece of the pie. And if we don't do it, uh, we can't be fully present. We can't be fully who we are. We can't serve in the way we really want to, I believe. And so, yeah, so th those are some of the responses that I've had so far. Yeah. And I love that we're talking about this here on Dr. Me First because I just feel so much alignment with you. And I am just so excited that you have something uh, that's a program that is self-paced and that, you know, as my physician colleagues are listening to this, they can get as much or as little and then they can do it in a way that is really serving and then have the support of you and, and any other person, myself included, as they walk through this journey. So I just so appreciate you coming on the podcast, telling people about this resource that's out in the world um, that they can use and that I put my stamp of approval. I'm excited too, in 2020, there is a cooperative between me and Jackie that will be launching as well. And so when we get those details going, I'll put that out into the world because I really think collaboration's key and I'm just really excited to see where this goes as we keep moving forward together. So if you're interested in the Heartwood Self Mastery Program, you can find the link in the show notes. If you use it from the show notes, you help me out because I'm an affiliate because like I said, I'm putting my stamp of approval on there. And so click on it, get signed up for it. Let both of us know how it goes and how it changes your life and your world and Jacqueline, thanks so much for coming on the Favorites with Favorites podcast episode. I'm glad we got to talk about our favorite books and, you know, and, and really just talk about our favorite thing, which we love to help other people heal. 
Oh, absolutely. And Erin, thank you so much for having me on. It is always a blast to be with you and just to know that there's kindred spirits out there where it's so in alignment and I'm just beyond thrilled. So thank you for having me on and talking about the Heartwood Self Mastery Program. And I have a whole list of books I am immediately going to get. <laughs> this was just a blast. Thank you. Jacqueline, thank you so much, friend, for coming on the podcast and sharing what you're doing in the world. She didn't even really like brag on herself. We talked about books because she writes books. She's written like 14 books, plus this online program, plus some TV shows and some movies, plus she helps other people write their books. She's like a book doula. So she didn't brag enough on herself. So I'm going to brag on her too with this um, Heartwood Self Mastery Program because gosh, it's got so much in it. So it's got seven different modules and in each module, somewhere between like five and seven lessons. And she breaks them down. So, you know, we, we talk about, you know, I'm huge into burnout. Well, so is Jacqueline. So her first module is all about that. Um, her second module is the science of resiliency, which again, we talk about that all the time here on this podcast about sleep and movement and social connection and creativity. Module three is talking about awareness. I really like how she breaks down awareness. She does it body awareness, mental awareness, emotional awareness, and spiritual awareness. Ooh, I think like having those domains broken down really, really helps because I know I've been very general at times talking about awareness, but just going through Jacqueline's program has really helped me personally. Module four is all about self-compassion. You know, we talked about in the podcast with Dr. Kristen Neff and her book, Self-Kindness. Well, she really breaks it down. And I'm telling you guys, that is a wonder, wonderful book. I don't feel like I was ever taught self-kindness and self-compassion. Well, she does break it down in the Heartwood Self-Mastery. Module five is the art of balance, which Lord knows we all need a little more of that. Module six is the art of play. And module seven is the art of action. Can you tell like I am so giddy with excitement about this program? I mean, I look at it just with the amount of content in it. It should be like well over $2,000. She's charging $350. I do not know where you're going to go and get this kind of robust wellness CME anywhere else. I mean, if somebody else knows about some, I would love to hear about it because I'm always about collecting more resources. But I just think that the Minnesota Medical Association getting behind this and Jacqueline putting this program together for all of us clinicians to help ourselves, gosh, like it's going to be awesome. And what I've also decided too, if anybody uses the link in the show note to purchase this since I'm an affiliate, I'm going to set up a scholarship program for students and residents who feel like they don't have the money to do this, but they absolutely need to do this work. Like this is the stuff that we should have freaking been taught in medical education. Not, you know, all the thousand ways that you can get pancreatitis and, you know, all those little stupid eye muscles. But this is the stuff to keep us well moving in into the future. Yeah, also the Krebs cycle, forget that shit. Like you need heartwood healing. So my kick of encouragement today is there are more and more resources coming out and you are not alone in this. And if you feel like you have something to say in this arena, you need to do it because 
just like with Jacqueline, I have refined and learned so much from her. And I know that she feels the same way in our conversations that we have as well. Like, I need you just like everyone else needs you in the world. So stop hiding. Fire your flag so we can find you. Tell us what your interests and passions are. Because you know what? Really, a rising tide raises all boats. And I really feel like there are more people out in the world who can do this type of amazing work or maybe some other creative work to not only help with your own wellness and well-being, but to help with those around you as well. So I encourage you, if you have an idea, maybe there's a book in your head. Maybe it's like a program like this or a movie or who knows whatever creative thing is in there I want to encourage you birth it into the world or at least start talking about it you know talk with Jacqueline talk with other coaches I've had on the podcast hell get on the phone with me and talk with me and we'll see how we can get this out and open because it is so 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 important that those desires of your heart come to fruition so like I've been doing the last several podcasts, my goal of 2020 is connecting with each and every listener on the podcast. So have you scheduled your call with me yet? Because I'm waiting. Seriously. And if we've talked before in the past, let's do it again. I would love to get an update on where you're at in life. Are things better? Are they the same? Or have they gotten worse? And how can you make some modifications? And how might I be able to help nudge you in some ways that you know that you need a little bit of help in? The other really cool thing is I want to talk to more people because in 2020, I am writing my book from burnt out to badass. And guess what? I need your stories because I'm not the only one who's gone from burned out to badass. So get on the phone with me and let's talk about it. Link is in the show notes, how you can get scheduled. Well, guys, I just seriously appreciate you. I love doing these favorites with favorites podcasts. I would love to do more. So give me a holler and remember your life, your calling, your pulse matters. Check.